You are now tuned in to the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your hosts, Mark Jameson and Dom Morrow. Three, two, one. Here we go. Let's get ready to suck it. Welcome to your room. Snack bar, Lambeau Field. I was scalded by the cheese of a flaming hot nacho. You play to win the game. He starts to come and then he pulls out. It's from a slice of gabagool. Finish him. Oh, this hard got him being this good. And welcome back to another episode of the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your boys, Don Morrow, Mark, and Jameson. Yeah. Back for another episode. Welcome back, yeah. folks. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. Thanks for checking us out. If you are returning, uh, thanks again for all the love, man. Here we go. Mr. Jameson, my brother. Yes. What's uh, going on, man? It is episode what? Um... Oh, 14 already? 14 here on the Chop Sports Network. Yeah, episode 14. I don't know. I feel like it's just like one of those things where it goes by fast as fuck. Yeah. You know, like it's like oh, 14 fucking episodes already. I mean, we've been doing this for like 14 weeks. <laughs> Almost consecutively. Close. Almost. Pretty much. Close. For this one, we have. I think we only missed like one week, but then we yeah, were we, like, we already pretty, had shit on lock. So. Yeah, we've been pretty consistent. Which is good. Yeah, which you gotta, is good, man. You got to keep pumping out that content, you motherfuckers. And we got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. I think we could start sharing some of it. Um, you Whoa. know, I think you alluded to it a little bit last week. A little sneak peek um, about video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, we got a we got a new camera. We're gonna start doing some video. It's gonna be fucking beautiful. We got the YouTube channel coming. Yeah, I'm, that'll I'm be saying. Coming. You know, definitely this quarter. <clears throat> yeah, I we'll get the it. YouTube channel up, and we'll. This way, you could watch us do this stupid shit. Yeah, man, I, we're we're slowly converting this little home office. Yeah, into a real looking studio, kind of. Yeah, yeah, not too shabby. Fun. It's fun, well, man. Yeah, well, but here today we are. Is <clears throat> technically the first of the month, oh, May first. Yeah. yeah. But last mortgages do. Yeah, yeah, I know. Fuck, <laughs> Rent, rents do. Fuck. <laughs> But um, have we told you about all star vintage dot shop? Yeah, for real. For <laughs> real. For real. We got a few things we're going to talk about. But first, like I was saying last night I was watching uh, the Shakira Stevenson title fight. Yes. Yes. He was fighting Oscar Valdez for this is a unification, the unification right? yeah, of the junior lightweight title, which is the first time it's been unified since like 2005, I think, bro. Like I said, I watched this last night and I, you know, I'm, I'm a Shakur Stevenson homer for sure. But that was an absolute master class. He's a local boxing. guy, right? Oh, he's from Newark. Newark. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that was a fucking master class of boxing. I was like watching like when you watch an old like when you were watching the all time greats in their prime. And you're like, oh, shit. This dude was like last night was easily like the birth of a real superstar because he's undefeated. I'm pretty sure. And this is like maybe 20, and zero for him. And he's wiping motherfuckers off the map. Like I said, that was a, a beat down for 12 rounds, probably. Valdez's face looked like hamburger meat when they were done. Sure, Stevenson didn't look like he even got touched. <laughs> like, and he was beating him all around. Not just in the ring, he's beating him fucking mentally, too. Because his style of fighting is so fucking infuriating to certain guys. Because you can't, it's like fighting Mayweather where you can't touch him. He's fast as a cat. So you're taking your swings at him. You're missing every time. And he's lighting you up with three on the way out. And then on top of it, he would go to the fight. He had like a he would go to his corner after every round. Just have a sip of water. Do the little like, you know, cool down the face with some shit. Talk to his fucking trainer, his his, his grandfather and all this. And he would he'd be up and standing up ready to fight with like 10 seconds left to go. Just to show Valdez like, listen, you're not going to beat me off the fucking off the chair either. Like, I'm still coming, and I'm not tired at all. His best round was the 11th round. That's championship rounds right there. And like I said, it was just, a, it was insane to watch. It was insane to watch. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure, like, if I look on YouTube right now, there's probably, like, highlights. Because it was on ESPN. That was the best part. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, no was, HBO nice, or no. Showtime, nothing like that? No, it was on HBO. So, like, 
It was generic, nice HBO fight. But like that also got me thinking about like, do you remember back when like boxing was actually a big deal and those Saturday night HBO fucking boxing fights like those for the pay-per-views, the pay-per-views, but more specifically like those Saturday night HBO fights because they would have like the whole like the ring announcer, like every, you know, it was all like. Yeah, big production programming, mm-hmm. man. No doubt. No mm-hmm. doubt. And it was always something like Tyson or like Lewis. Somebody was always big, was always fighting. Holyfield. Yeah. And it was always like a fucking thing on Saturday nights. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh, oh, let's get ready to rumble. And then after she, after Stevenson was done, he he proposed to his wife in the ring. Boss and move. Obviously, she said yes. You know. Boss move, brother. Yeah. So who do you want to see him face next? Is there a certain guy out there? I mean... I think he could go for the undisputed title if he fought Haney, but Haney's fighting anyway. So maybe down the road, he fights Haney for the undisputed title. And I think that's eventually what's going to come down to. But we'll see. As of right now, he said he'll fight anybody. So they give him anybody that's in contention for the world world title. And I'm sure he'll fucking knock him down. How about Jake Paul? Uh, Jake Paul, so he can't, he can't fight in Tyson, remember? Is that going to really happen? I don't know. I saw something for it where I think it might actually be real. All right. So we'll see. <laughs> Jake Paul's still worried about Tyson, so. How <laughs> about Tyson fucking knocking that guy out on the plane? Oh, How stupid the fuck can you be? Oh, man. Like, you must think, like, I understand, like, the guy was probably drunk as hell, and he's probably like, oh, look, it's it's Mike Tyson. Apparently, he had a bad rap sheet, too. Yeah. Yeah, that came out later that this guy that is guy's like, like a, a real bag. Like a real piece of shit yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't not believe it. <laughs> yeah, like you know. what do you th- what do you think Tyson's just like a circus freak that you could just fucking <laughs> an- antagonize and and push and yeah like a fucking I mean, dude, a sideshow like, oh, Ty- yeah Tyson it's Tyson yeah it's my fucking snap. Tyson like that's one thing like people know he looked younger he probably was like you know what I'm saying he looked like he was I don't know his twenties maybe. You know, these fucking kids don't really, they don't really know Tyson like that. They know Tyson from like the hangover, you know, and like Tyson being like this, this funny guy, yeah, a comedic like, uh, like personality. This, yeah. yeah and like yeah. just being this high stone guy now that he's like older and into the weed game. And so he probably thought that they, they weren't thinking about 1980 animal killer. Michael yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. murderous Mike Tyson. They didn't think like, I'm sure you could play clips right now of just Mike Tyson talking in the ring from his earlier fights, like like right here. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Or right here, even. And I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. And then you think that man right there is going to be like, I'm gonna, I'm just going to take someone, treat me like an actual zoo animal? No. Mike, Mike's only got, and he's lucky that's all he got. Old Michael would have beat him to death. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's lucky Olaf was a sad face and a black eye. I mean, I, I, here's the problem, too, is that, and I'm going to sound like an old person, and that's fine, but these these generations of, of kids now, let's call it the TikTok generation, mm. they go around pranking people and screaming in people's oh, ears. Yeah. And, doing, and there's no repercussions. They're mm. not getting their asses kicked no. for it. So just people think they could do this, and without getting their ass kicked yeah you know they think maybe because they're in public they're in a safe place nothing bad will happen but we're talking about mike tyson here yeah are you out of your fucking mind iron mike bro he's still iron mike to me oh yeah (laughs) like that man's terrifying still terrifying and and i think we talked about it when he fought or sparred against you know roy jones a year or two ago whatever i mean he looked like he could still go for real yeah you could tell he was holding back so much. Yeah, because he could have killed Roy Jones. Oh, easily. Easily. He's still in great shape. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable, man. And, like, you even see some things like, he's like, I'm scared to be that person again. That might, like, he's terrified to be that fucking Mike Tyson again because he, he probably can't control it. Why do you think he's on, on the weed? Yeah. And oh, the mushrooms the and shit, you uh, know? The good shit. Um, <laughs> he probably has to be, man. Yeah. I don't fucking blame him. He keeps away the <laughs> demons, you know? Yeah, fuck it. I mean, if I had all that money, too, I'd own a rain farm, too. Just let's be mm. real. And then he's got his gummies. You've you seen his gummies that are, they're, they're hilarious. The ear gummies? Yeah, they're called Mike Bites. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just genius. like, they're ears. Like, it's genius. If I was fucking Holyfield, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, I'd be, wow, you yeah, want a piece of that? I'd be, goddamn right. You, that's my ear you're fucking eating right there. <laughs> I want a fucking piece of that, too. You took a piece of me. I want a piece of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
That's funny. But as we sit here now, like I said, it's the first, and it's the the conclusion, the conclusion yesterday of the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah, Mel Diaper was uh, full force, and he was not. Uh, it took me a while, to be honest. It took me like a little bit to, uh, I don't know, kind of maybe warm up to the Cowboy draft. And I'm still lukewarm on it, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I'm just like, eh. I, don't, I still don't know how I feel about because no, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because the Cowboys have drafted so well lately in the last so many years that I'll just be like, oh, let me let me just see how this pans out before I completely shit on it and criticize it. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, but I'm going to tell you, I'm like, eh. Like, I'm just very eh with it. Our first pick, Smith, the tackle out of Tulsa. Like, I mean, I get it. We need a tackle. Like, we could use offensive line help. It wasn't a sexy pick. It's not that it wasn't sexy. It's just like, this dude's super raw. He's obviously big as fuck. And we drafted another offensive lineman who's even bigger than that. Like, we drafted some fucking oxes, but they're they're raw. (laughs) They're fucking... The only pick I really like... And we got... Uh, Jalen Tolbert, like the third round or something, receiver, uh, you know, speed guy, whatever. We can always use a receiver if he's any good, whatever. Um, but the draft, the, the pick I did like out of our draft, though, was the second round pick of Sam Williams, the defensive end out of fucking Ole Miss. Dude's a first rounder all day. We got him at 56. We got him because of off the field right. issues, you know, which is our MO. We're basically just replacing Gregory or Gregory 2.0. That's why I'm looking at it, which is fine. If he produces like Gregory did, he can fucking have all the off-the-field issues besides killing people you want. I don't care. Fucking, but no, nah, you know, if all pans out, I think that's a good pick for us. And what was so, his deal? What was his off-the-field issues? I don't, I don't even fucking know. No? Nah. That's the thing. I didn't even fuck. I haven't looked up, like, you know, and looked far enough into it. But, like, it was nothing pressing. Like, it wasn't on, if you look him up, it's nothing that stands out. Put it that way. It wasn't like anything certain popped up like oh you know did this DUI this and that oh nothing like that came up so I think there's just questions maybe I don't know because he's a Juco kid I guess you mm-hmm. know one mm-hmm. of those kids that really came from nothing you know from the hood like and there's certain times that they like dudes like that they just don't trust yeah but on the flip side sometimes those are the guys you mm-hmm. want on your team man you know some Hell those yeah. are some of your hardest workers man Hell yeah. This dude's got work ethic like motherfucker. Yep. So I'll take him all day. Yep. Um, but I gotta say, I'm not like I said, I'm not even a fucking Jets fan, but I'll be doing backflips if I was a Jets fan for that fucking master class of drafting yeah. right there. <laughs> Let me put it this way, man. Joe Douglas went out and said, Hey NFL, mm. the Jets are fucking back. I think so. Or maybe I, not even back. And then they're have drafting. fucking arrived. Yeah. You know, where they come back from 1969 when mm-hmm. they won a Super Bowl and that's it. But yeah. honestly, man, I think fucking Joe Douglas just went out, you know, swung for the fucking fences and hit so many home runs in this draft. Yeah. You know, it, it was unbelievable. And and I'll tell you, and I told you, I, you know, the guys that they pick, it's fine because these are some of the best guys in their positions in the draft. So there's mm-hmm. a lot to be excited about. Did I think they were going to go a different route? Yeah, maybe. I I. I Listen, I'm very, very happy Sauce Gardner's a Jet. Did I think the Jets were going to take him at four? No. But am I upset? No. And I said this a couple weeks ago. I was like, you know, I don't, they'd have to do something drastically, historically terrible Mm -hmm. to really fucking ruin this draft for me. Because again, there's a lot of needs. um, There's a lot of directions they could go. And listen, man, I think some of it was luck. A lot of it was um, the buildup prior to the draft draft um, with Joe Douglas building all those assets and now finally being able to use them and, mm-hmm. you know, make trades to move up to get certain guys. I mean, Jermaine Johnson yeah. at the bottom of the round was unbelievable. At 26, this was a guy, that's a steal. Hey, and this was a guy that they were hot on, that they wanted to even take at higher. 10. You know, there was discussions about taking him at 10 and probably even at four at some point. So, I mean, tremendous value without giving, you know, you know up too much. No. The Garrett Wilson. So, OK, we didn't get Debo San- Samuel. I listen, I would have loved if we got De- Debo. Don't get me wrong. And like, I also have a feeling Debo is going to turn into a little bit of a diva here going forward. And you'd have to pay him so much money. Yeah. Like, the stuff he's already saying, like, I don't want to run the ball out of the backfield anymore. I want to be strictly a receiver. Like... Those are part of your weapons, bro. You gotta. That's what made you the money. So you're gonna have to do those things. And if he's already saying and acting like a bit like a diva, I could see him going forward being a diva and a headache. So yeah. he might have dodged a bullet. Yeah, you know, 
build the unit up through the draft with a lot of these young guys so they could grow together. Uh, there's continuity there. And I and, think Wilson has a chance to be one of the best, if not the best receiver in the draft. Listen, man, I'm, I'm excited. Again, it was one of those picks I wasn't expecting, but now that he's on our team, I'm happy about it. That's how I felt about uh, Brees Hall, too. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to – I thought we were going Dean on that pick. I, I mm-hmm. really thought so. I thought it was, like, obvious yeah. <laughs> that we were going to get Dean there. So it was a little a little bit of an upset. And um, But when they made the pick, and I'm thinking about it, it's like, hey, this is the best running back in the draft. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to argue Hitting that? shoulders over everyone else. And too. a lot of Jets fans are like, hey, what about Michael Carter? Nothing changes. No. You know, I mean, you you add another piece, you know, to the puzzle yeah. in the backfield. It's another playmaker. Michael Carter will get his touches. Um, these guys, um, you know, it'll give them the backfield, the ability to have uh, ride the hottest hands. Uh, other guys will have fresher legs when they come in later in the game. I mean, there's a yeah. lot to like about you it. You can't have enough running backs and receivers. No, exactly, dude. Exactly. Especially this team, man, with injuries and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not cover your ass if, if you can? I, I, I think it's a great pick. Yeah, I overall, I mean, I have to say, like I said, the, the Jets draft, big, big time A for sure. Oh, yeah. Draft uh, there's no doubt. Day. There's no doubt. And like even like I said, I'm not a Giants fan. I'm like uh, they had another. They had a good mm-hmm. draft too. Uh, the receiver they took was a little questionable to me, but that's just typical bullshit Giants. Yeah, that's you know. exactly what I was gonna say. Typical Giants move. Yeah, but I mean they drafted well. I hate the fucking Eagles. They had a hell of a draft. Yep. Yep. Walking away with two of the best defenders and Eagles AJ, are an interesting team. AJ man. fucking Brown. Yeah, they're an interesting team until Jalen Hurts can't fucking win you any game. Well, Jalen that's, Hurts is that's not what it's going to come down to, man. You Jalen know, Hurts can they win good. with him? Can they win enough with him? Nope. Can they make it work with the talent? I don't, I don't know. Got talent, but I don't think he's. I don't, he's I don't think he's that damn good. He's the, he's the second round quarterback he was when he got drafted. Yeah, we'll see, man. Because there's no excuses this year for that team. You know, for no. Jalen Hurts anyway. No, and they got Jordan Davis. I think he's a fucking. The standout defensive player of this draft, you'll see. And then does Sirianni become like this fucking legit coach? Yeah, I don't know. After all this shit we talked about him, yeah, I don't know. I think, and not just us. I mean, everybody, right? He might be. (laughs) He might be all right, but I I did not see see that coming. I still don't see it. He got they got lucky last year. They only beat teams that. That's the Cowboys fan in you. Well, no, it's true. They only beat teams that like didn't have winning records. They didn't beat playoff teams at all last year. Yeah. They only yeah they lost every playoff team they played so I mean they only beat teams that weren't going to the playoffs which is not a barometer how good I don't think they I think they're pretty bad I still can't get used to the Commanders now that we're on NFC East talk oh um, the, the commies yeah yeah, yeah I, it, they're, it, they're, it, they're bad <laughs> they're gonna be bad the Commanders yeah they're gonna be bad. Like I said, I can see why Terry McLaurin wants out of there because they're not going to be any good. Carson Wentz is going to go there. He's going to do what Carson Wentz things. It's going to look good for like two or three games maybe. Get hurt. Fucking what's-his-face is going to come in. He played last year. Heineke. Mm-hmm. He's still there. He'll come in. He'll win you a game or two. And they might end up with six wins. Heineke's the perfect it. backup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's that's it. Backup though. He ain't I always feel like Washington has those guys that are starting for them that would be like really good backups. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Colt McCoy there? For yeah, yeah, McCoy's a perfect example. That's like a perfect backup you want. Do you want him starting long-term? Probably not. No, he was great in Arizona <laughs> last year as backup. Yeah, yep. He was a good giant backup, too. Yeah. Fuck Colt McCoy. I don't know, man. <laughs> was he ever on the Jets? No. Nah. He nah. would have started, that's why. Ever Jet? Yeah, probably. At some point. <laughs> At some point. But yeah, man, I mean, going back to the Jets, I'm I'm fucking thrilled. I think this is a, listen, I think this is an eight-win, nine-win team next year. Very possible. There's no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuse. And if Zach Wilson, you know, isn't looking like the answer by the end of the year, I mean, they'll tell you something because you put plenty around him mm-hmm. in year two. So what would you do? What would you, what would you do if you had like just an all right year? And I think you got to give him another year, obviously. Yeah. You like, know? like he doesn't if he's look not a terrible, complete disaster. But he doesn't look great. Yeah. You know? I mean, you invested so much into him already, you know, and, yeah. and this team. You Kinda got like looking like Trubisky. Yeah. I used to, I think three years you ha- gives you like a full picture. Yeah, yeah. You know, in this day and age. I think back in the day, it was longer than that. It's like five years, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, there was a little more patience with quarterbacks back then. Now, forget it. Yeah. And, you know, really, we talk like two years about a guy, and if they don't show you enough, 
you're thinking about replacing him already. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it'd be fair to ask a lot of questions if he's only okay next year. But I still think you have to go in another year um, with him. And then at the end of that third year, if you're still not convinced, then, you know, you're you're looking for at the very least bringing in competition, like real yeah. competition. But yeah. Hopefully Which, that's not yeah, the case. Let's not be, All right. Yeah, let's not All be right. the case. <laughs> let's not. You know, let's not be typical Jets fans and think about the worst case scenario here Mm -hmm. because there's a new light over one Jets drive, ladies and gentlemen. I see it. It, And it's bright. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Finally, finally, you have a GM and a coach that are aligned, completely aligned. And we haven't seen this since what? Maybe Rex and Tannenbaum early on. Yeah. But first year. this just feels completely different. This is this is real, man. And yeah, this is real. It's tangible. I feel it for the first time, man. I really do. Yeah, because it feels like I don't know something about Joe Douglas. Just feels like he's a he just feels like a smart football guy to me. Yeah, I mean, all the way around. Definitely. He knows the value. He understands the value of the free agency market well, I feel. Um, and then from a, a, a drafting perspective, mm-hmm. hey, he's he starting one, to show us, man, he, what he, he can do. He was the guy that did, found all those gem picks for Philadelphia. They'd be later picks, guys in free agency, undrafted guys that would come in and contribute to the team. No doubt. And, you know, another former team that he worked on. And you can't underestimate being under the tutelage of an Ozzie Newsome, right? Yeah. I mean, this is where, you know, Douglas grew up, you know, within that Ravens organization and, you know, learning under oh, yeah. Newsome. Ozzie's one of the greatest. One of the greatest, you know, no doubt. And um, I remember... I heard a Newsome line recently, and it made so much sense. And I think Douglas repeated it, saying that he heard it from him. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Douglas. I hope I didn't fuck this up. <laughs> but um, you know, he said they a, a position of uh, that looks like of value today might be of need tomorrow. Yeah, and that's why sometimes you just draft the best guy available. Yeah. basically, I love that. I usually do. that's like my philosophy with the boys. If they always have higher picks like that, I'm like, like later picks, just take the best guy that's there. I don't give a fuck. Like, which the 24 kind of shocked me. Lindenbaum was there. I don't know why the fuck we didn't take him. Yeah, we take this raw ass kid out. Where'd of Where'd he end up going? I think the Eagles. It's possible. Ravens. Ravens. The Ravens. Okay. Speaking of, did they need to get a receiver? Yeah. They need a big-time receiver. Imagine if they get Debo, because oh, apparently be Debo still wants out. And I feel like he would fit perfectly into that offense with Lamar Jackson. Think about the trickery they could do. Oh, yeah. They'd be up to no. But that's the thing. He's already saying he don't want to play that like type of position where he's, you know, I'm like. No, I, I think what he's saying is he doesn't want to be a fucking RB1. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we're taking a lot of that out of context. I do. I, I, yeah. I, you know, and he wants to be. And if he is going to be playing wide receiver one and running back one, basically, then he wants to be compensated as so because those are two extremely high <laughs> profile positions. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be too concerned over that. But yeah, I. I, I, the only place I don't want to hear, I mean here, the only place I don't want to see him go and I'm hearing about is fucking New England. Mm, yeah. That's all I need now is Debo. Yeah, with Bill. Oh, God. You got Diggs. You got Debo. You got Waddle. You got Tyreek Hill. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But hey, we have Elijah Moore. Yeah. We have Garrett Wilson. We, like, we have guys now. Yeah, like, you, guys you know, now. it's not embarrassing anymore. We actually yeah. have guys. You still have Corey <laughs> Legit. Davis. Still Legit Corey players. Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then also, I loved that fucking, what was that draft pick the Jets made of that tight end? Uh, you saw his dad, right? Going nuts because they're lifelong Jets fans. That video is probably one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Jeremy Rucker. 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 Yeah. Long Island native, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You saw the video. I'll show you the video. There's a picture of him. Uh, I think Rich Samini posted. Oh, yeah, him in Jets gear. In, yeah, in Curtis Martin attire as a kid. Mm-hmm. The helmet and the fucking jersey oh, and yeah. shit. This, dude, this video is the best. Just watch his dad. How do you not get hyped for that? Yeah, because his family, his whole family's Jets fans. So watch when he grabs the Jets helmet. Just, like, for, wait, wait, wait. Wait till the end. Tell They're all hyped oh, for him. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> His dad's so hyped. And this is the shit you live for. Like, well, yeah, this is an absolute father, dream come true. Oh my god, I can't imagine the ultimate father son moment. Oh yeah, dude, you could tell he expresses it, just loses it. <laughs> <laughs> Blue wait, just wait, just like it's even better. Hits him with one. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
that's got to that's got to be the bluest shit. No, well, th- think about that for a second though. That or like initially, just watch us when he first tells him to pick up. He goes, pick up the jet helmet. Watch his dad. He goes, his dad. <laughs> it's so it's so good. It's so good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so good when he tells like just dad right off the rip. Watch. <laughs> It's so good. Dude, think about that for a second. That is the ultimate father-son moment. Oh, 100%. Like, you grew up up raising your son to be a Jets fan. You guys watch football all the time. That's like your thing together. And all of a sudden, when he grows up to be a pro football player, he plays for the Jets. Unbelievable. Oh, like I said, that dad's got to be living on cloud nine. (laughs) I couldn't imagine. Uh-uh. Like you reached, oh, the pinnacle. That's the, the pinnacle, pinnacle of being a father. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's the pinnacle. It doesn't matter if he ever wins a Super Bowl. Oh no, no, that's the moment right yeah, there. Oh, and it. imagine, <laughs> fuck, imagine that story. Mm. Oh, if they end up winning the ball. Oh, because that dude would be in his glory. Dude, I, I still don't know. I don't know if I talked about it on this show or not, but I think about it from time to time, and I haven't a long, long time because the Jets have, have yeah. just been so bad. Yeah. But remember, like, during the Rex years with Sanchez, they went to the back-to-back mm-hmm. AFC uh, championship games, and, you know, I had to start seriously thinking, Super what Bowl. will I do yeah. if the Jets go to the Super Bowl? Like, do I have a Super Bowl party? Mm-hmm. Do I sit in a room by locked, myself? Locked away from society? With no distractions? I don't, I literally don't know what I would do. Yeah. And I know the Jets aren't there yet, mm-hmm. you know, I, but but I haven't thought about this in a while. Mm-hmm. And I, I think. Joe Douglas getting you thinking about the Super Bowl. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Here's what I think Dude. I would do. For that week, yeah. Super Bowl week, I rent a fucking awesome Airbnb somewhere. Mm-hmm. I get a very, very small group of people together. You know, some of, you know, yeah, big Jet fans, family members. Small, mm-hmm. though. Keep yeah. it tight. Yeah. Tight. And make it like a like whole... 15 people mix. And make it like a week vacation type thing leading up to that, mm-hmm. you know, that Sunday night. And um, even if the Jets lose, you still had the week mm-hmm. leading up to it to enjoy. So I think it works yeah. out that way. And then if they win, it's the fucking best week ever. And then yeah. you go on. I go on to the parade. Oh, my God. Oh, I, oh God! Be two I'd have weeks. to take like two weeks it would be off. Two of this. weeks off. Yeah. yeah, it would be two weeks. Yeah, off. I don't know how I would fucking pull that off. Uh, but but I'd find a way. So that's what I think I would do, though, man. I think Airbnb, limited group of people, make it an event. Um, but when it's game time, no locked, distractions, loaded. locked in, man. Yeah. Multiple TVs with the game in certain places in the bathroom. It just needs to be on mm-hmm. fucking everywhere at all times. Yeah. Um, that would be a dream come true. But yeah, I, I I think that's it, man. And I don't know if the boys ever were in the Super Bowl again. I'd probably just I'd probably just watch it locked. I don't care where. I would just watch it. I'd be somewhere with very minimal distractions, but I'd be locked in and I would I would be just locked in. I'd yeah. be, I would not move. I'd be stuck in one spot the entire time. Listen, if you're if you're a real fan and and your team's in the Super Bowl and you host this huge, extravagant Super Bowl party? Not You're not me. a real fan. No, no, no. Sorry. It's not for me. <laughs> no. First of all, I don't even like, I, I literally can't even go to the bar and watch a Cowboy game because I get too annoyed. Yeah. Because people annoy the shit out of me so much. Oh, you get an asshole Giant fan, Eagle oh, fan yeah. around no, you, I'll something never for, like that. I'll, I'll never forget. This is also, I'll, this is like years and years ago. So this is how you know it's all Riffies are still open. So it was a Sunday and uh, the boys game was, wasn't on TV. It was on, you know, had to go to the bar to watch it. It was like a 4.30 game. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck, I'll just go to Riffies right down the street. I watched the game, blah, blah, blah. And there's all, all it is is drunk Giants fans. Giants fans that don't know what they're talking about or they the know worst. like three facts, you know, tells me something about Elon and the Super Bowl. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> about Eli and his fucking Super Bowl. I'll tell you, I'm like, at, the point, at this point, it was only a couple of years old, but I'm like, I'm like, if you want to talk about the past, I'll go back and talk about Troy Aikman's Super Bowls, and, you know, we could talk about that for a while. I can talk about that all day. You want to talk about the past, something from three or four years ago? I'll talk about something from fucking 15 years ago. <laughs> it's no difference. Past no, is the past. Yeah, obviously, no statute of limitations. But I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm getting fucking harassed by Giants fans just sitting here. I'm like, and like, Giants fans that, are people outside of football that I just don't like in general. <laughs> well, that whole that 
adds a whole nother fucking layer to it, too. Yeah, so it's like a douchebag that I fucking oh. knew my whole life growing up. And likes a shitty team, yeah, of like, course. Yeah, doesn't. I'm like, this fucking loser's really irritating me. I gotta get out of here. That's like the front-running Patriot fan back yeah. in the, you know. Oh, yeah. In the 2000s like and shit, you know. Fuck, you don't know shit about the Pats. Stop it. Yeah, Stop Tom it. Brady's your favorite player, you fucking cuck. Hey, brother, let's pump the mm. brakes. Speaking <sighs> of brakes, let's take a break. Yeah. Let's let do Dave it. do his thing, yeah. and we'll be back. Get to that. After this. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it, they got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. What's up, everybody? This is Sturge and Gooch, and I'm here to talk to you guys about the flagship show right here on the Chop Sports Network. We're talking about the Chop Sports Daily. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Go check us out on YouTube. We go live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so give us the old subscribe ski. Did you just channel your inner Sturge? Channeling my inner Sturge. Yeah, if you want to listen to uh, Gooch talk to you about how dominant he is in everything every day, tune in at 11. I mean, dominant in softball, dominant in tennis. Definitely dominant in dodgeball. <sighs> dominant in California kickball. Monday through Friday, folks, 11, 11 o'clock. I wasn't done. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome back to the show, folks. Yeah. No, we're um we're talking about doing maybe uh conspiracy-related segments possibly going forward, because I love myself a good uh conspiracy. And I like I segments. I do like a good conspiracy. But this one's a little different than like your typical um I'm a crazy person. What are we going to name this segment? Because we have Marksmen of Honor. Yeah, we have the Conspiracy Corner. (laughs) I like it. There we go. That was easy. Shit. Conspiracy (laughs) Corner. I like that. Make it like a fucking, like a Mr. Rogers Neighborhood type of thing. Do-do-do-do. Conspiracy Corner. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll work on that. Yay. Little kids fucking cheering. (laughs) It's always funny. But uh, this... um, Little conspiracy has to do with uh, a certain wrestler by the name of Chris Benoit. And we all know Chris Benoit, he murdered his family, supposedly, allegedly murdered his family and himself. I watched, um, you know, it's a story we all know. You know, once it happened, he was like fucking erased from the memory books of WWE forever, you know? Forever. And uh, I watched, you know, I'm sure most people watched The Dark Side of the Ring. Benoit, that was a two-parter. That was a fucking, that was good. Shit was good. But, 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 but. There's always been a conspiracy that, like, he'd actually never killed his family. He was like, he was killed and they were killed, you know, by someone else. And there's actually, someone came up with a whole list of loose ends that just don't add up with the whole case itself. Or with the whole, like, storyline, the the, yeah, the timeline, murder, whatever. You know, everything that has to do with that story. Just There's a lot of loose ends. So these are new updates. Kind of. Like, these are stuff that I, maybe, they're either new updates or so a, a new report or old report. New report or an old Or it could be a report of a combination of people's reports together finally like you know it's it's probably a new report maybe like a decently new report breaking no it's not breaking new report <laughs> but you know um yeah so this thing holds i, I forget where this actually came from to be what's honest. the sauce i don't remember the sauce it was somewhere like on a, some wrestling dirt sheet deep in the internet you know, so like I said, somewhere out in the void, I, I collected <laughs> these wrestling stories from out in the void. But there, like I said, there's a list here, and the list just goes on with fucking different loose ends that just don't make sense to the fucking story itself. So the first one of those is uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. A close friend of Benoit told WWE Magazine that he talked to Chris for a while on Friday night uh, on his house phone for about 45 minutes. Into the conversation, Chris told him there was somebody knocking at his door, and he was going to see who it was. Shortly after Chris answered the door, there was a scuffle, and then his house phone line went dead. Chris only could be reached on his cell phone about three hours later. So that was the night, I guess, it all happened. All right, so that was the first thing, right? So there's a clear... Chavo said there was a clear scuffle. Scuffle, yep. 
Heard something. Now, this wasn't originally uh, originally reported, right? No, I don't think no so. No scuffle. No, no scuffle. I don't remember anything about hearing a scuffle. Okay. Then after Chavo reached home on his cell phone, he said that Chris sounded very odd, groggy, tired. Uh, he almost said that Chris told him, uh, I love you, Chavo. You know, that he said he said that before. You know, he said the last time he told him, he's like, which sounded forced. And the WWE uh, also said that Chris called in and told them that Nancy and Daniel were sick and did not sound like himself. He sounded groggy. And then he said, I love you, which they said was out of context because he usually didn't say anything like this, which is, you know, already a little weird, I guess. Yeah, it's a dark indicator of, of something, maybe uh, like a personality change. Mm hmm. Via concussion, you know, multiple concussions, right, with the CTE and things like that. Mm -hmm. That could be playing a factor. Um, I mean, early dementia. I, I don't mm -hmm. know. There's there's so many things that could, you know, so many variables. Someone holding him hostage, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it says, uh, Chris Benoit's cell phone is missing. The police uh, cannot find his cell phone or the needles that they say uh, he injected himself with steroids. Steroids, yep. Shortly after he died, the police, uh, they turned, the, the, the cell phone's been turned off. They, you know, they don't know where it is. They can't find it or the needles. So the, none of those actually exist. Uh, Chris Benoit was not hanging from the weight machine. Like, do you think that those needles were there as a setup to be like, oh, this dude had major roid rage and he was out of his yeah, mind but they said at they the didn't. time that he killed him, his family and himself? Yeah, but they said to this day they weren't able to find any of the needles. But it was reported through the news or... Or what? Uh, where that, the, where the, the needles come from? I don't think they ever, ever reported there was needles. They just said he was on steroids. Okay. Because I think it was in the toxicology report. But they never found the needles that he injected himself with the steroids, I said. Got it. Got it. And uh, he was not hanging from a weight machine. He was lying on the floor underneath the weight machine. Another officer said that Benoit was slumped against the weight machine. It was reported, though, that he was hanging from the weight machine. Yeah, that's how I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. So he actually, they say in the police report, though, he wasn't. He was just slumped against huh. it. Yeah. And there was a, there was a, a white cloth wrapped around his neck. If there was, so he's like, so if he was so suicidal, why would he care if his neck was bruised? Which does make sense. Uh, the medical examiner says that Chris Benoit died on Saturday. The text messages were sent on Sunday. Chris was already dead, so who sent the text messages? That's eerie. And it's noted that nobody talked to Chris on Sunday. Isn't there a conspiracy with Kevin Sullivan, too? Right? I think this is tied together, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, there's something there with him. Um... I forget the specifics of it. Was it with this, Benoit's this, wife? Potentially, there was something. I don't know. This is this is a Googlech. This is a Googlech special right here. Uh huh. Like if he was here right now, Joey like, Blue. This is a Joey Blue special right now. He'd be he knew every backstory. Of he'd, course, he'd of know course. Kevin Sullivan. Naturally, naturally. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all that to me. That's a little weird with the text messages right off the bat. Like if you were if he was declared that he died on a Saturday and text messages were sent on Sunday, it's a big difference. The steroids that were found in Chris's systems, uh, were, that were found in Chris's house, were not in his body. So that, that's what they mm. found steroids, but I don't think they found the needles. And okay. Apparently, I guess it wasn't in his body either. So that, that, that kind of debunks the roid rage. Uh, if Chris had murdered his family, then why did he need to text people? Think about it. Everybody was dead. Nobody would hear him texting. So why? No one hear him talking. So why text? Calling would have made it. Calling would have been way easier. Which is up in the air. You know, people. Are just yeah, I think that one's debatable. Yeah. You know? Especially because if you're, especially if it wasn't him, I think no way I'm calling somebody. You know, uh, Chris sent Chavo a text message telling him his address. Why would he do this? Chavo already knew where he lived. He spent fucking either way. He's been there. He's, he's fucking been there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's his fucking boy. He's been to his crib before. So yeah, why would you have to send him his ad your address? He knows where the fuck you live in. Another, another uh, odd, you know, little loose end. There's like, just, all of these are like connected, but it's such odd shit that was reported one way, you know, obviously. And then you're, now you're getting a and whole. And that's like a closed case, right? Done with. There's no I, I'm further pretty sure. That, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And that's shit. why, you know, people are digging more deep because maybe they weren't satisfied. Interesting. And I mean, I get it. Um, they said Chris's body was badly decomposed uh, about the same as Nancy's, which showed he died sooner than Sunday, which, hmm. you know, which shows this earlier death. Uh, Chavo said. And where was the phone at this point? I, it's still not recovered. I believe it's still not recovered. So hmm. that's another thing. Like how, you know, how do you not have that recovered? Yeah. Or the cops have it. Yeah, I mean, the cops might have it and they turned it off and they're just not giving it up, which is possible too. But 
In which case, why not give it up? What's the problem with giving it up? You know, it's, yeah. that's sketchy too. That said, Chavo said Chris Benoit seemed worried about something, but he could not get Chris to open up and tell him what he was worried about. Uh, there were there were ten empty beer cans and an empty bottle of wine besides Chris's body. He tested negative for alcohol. So where the fuck all those beers come from? Sounds like a setup, dude. Uh, the toxicology confirmed that Chris had hydrocodone, Xanax. These two drugs combined will sedate Chris and make him very sleepy so he could not fight back. So he was drugged? He could have been drugged. Unless he just does those drugs on yeah, his own. I, listen. Which is also very Very possible, possible right? Right? Yeah. Every All them wrestlers had fucking demons with But this shit. can also suggest that he was drugged. Yeah. Easily. Easily can suggest that. Interesting. Uh, the police originally said that Daniel died on Friday because his body was so badly decomposing. Uh, the police changed the manner of Daniel's death three times. First, he died from a garbage bag. Second, he died from a chokehold. Hmm. Third, he was smothered by a pim- pillow. Why would why would it have to keep changing? I remember hearing the pillow one. Yeah. Was that the last one? Yeah. Okay, that's the one I remember. Yeah, so they said the story changed three times. Wild, man. Yeah. Uh, The police kept changing the location of where Nancy's body was found. First, they said she was found downstairs in the family room. Yeah, so they found her body. They said they changed her body, like, where they found it fucking three times. It was first found uh, in... They said they found her downstairs in the family room. Then they found her upstairs in the bedroom. And then they found her in the house office. That's what they said they found her last. But so why would they keep changing that? That's fucking weird, too. Yeah. Something doesn't add Something up. Something it don't add up. And Kevin Sullivan was is in here too eventually. But it's like uh, Chris's father said that Chris called him on Father's Day and told him that he wished he could spend more time with his family, but he had to work. One of Nancy's friends said that Nancy loved Chris and she had no plans to leave him. Kevin Sullivan told Chris Benoit that he would kill him. Kevin is currently a high-ranking member of a satanic cult. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. There's a cult aspect to yeah. it, dude. Kevin is also on the WWE board of directors. Retired wrestler Dusty Rhodes said that he danced with the he danced with the devil. <laughs> Can you imagine Dusty? Oh, I, I, he danced, danced, with, he the danced with the devil when he was working with Kevin Sullivan, who was known as being cold-hearted and, and uh, conniving. Hmm. The Benoit family was murdered uh, on the ten-year anniversary of Nancy's divorce from Kevin Sullivan. That's right. That's they were mad. I knew there That's was a connection dark. between Nancy and Sullivan. Duh, that's right. They were married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it says here, Nancy's Nancy Benoit's death was posted on the internet 14 hours before her body was ever found. Whew. Strange. Very weird, dude. Very yeah. fucking weird. Another, and then finally, uh, weeks before he died, Chris Benoit's colleague said that Chris began taking alternate routes to and from work and back to his house. And Chris and Nancy believed that somebody was following them. Chris's family, friends dismissed this as just paranoia mm-hmm. and worry. Mm-hmm. So that... Are all the loose ends to that, and that gets you thinking a little I want more. more, man. And that now gets I you thinking more. a little bit more about Chris Benoit and what you think you know about how his story went down. Yeah, because man. for years, I just assumed he lost his shit, you know. But this brings another, you know, because like I said, I'm always I'm always open to new shit. And when you I saw this, I'm like, huh, that's fucking interesting. Because I never realized that. I never realized all this shit was, you know. The case. I always thought it was like, okay, they found his body. It was cut and dry. He had all these drugs in his system, probably. He was fucking PTSD, fucking CTE, whatever. You know, he just lost his shit. Because we see it all the time. But I don't know so much anymore. Maybe Kevin Sullivan and his fucking satanic cult Dark broke cult. in the fucking house. And did, I mean, they do shit on anniversaries like that. That's, you know, that's the whole point of that stupid shit, you know? And then... It's just it's hard. To, it's one of those things you you hear it and you're like I I, I could buy it. <laughs> I buy it. Nothing surprises me. Let me just put it that way. Nothing surprises me. You, you never fucking know what could actually be happening. Yeah, no, nothing surprises me anymore. And would it blow my mind that a satanic cult is behind the death of Chris Benoit? Not no. really. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it wouldn't really. be out of the realm of possibility to me. Nope. All the ta- all the crazy shit that happens in this world. You want to tell me that <laughs> yeah. satanic cult takes down Benoit and his family? Fuck. I buy it. I- I'd eat it up. Yeah. I bought it. Fuck man. <laughs> I'm buying it right now. So now I guess we'll switch gears a little bit. We'll probably go back and do some NFL by the end of this. But 
Uh, real quick, I got fucking got on the internet yesterday, or the other day, <laughs> and it's been a minute. I haven't been got on the internet in a fucking minute. You ever get, you've been getting gone? You ever got got on the internet? Or like, I'm sure. Where you read an article and you're I'm like, sure. oh, you know, this is real, and then you realize very quickly this is not a real article. This is bullshit. I'm stupid. So what happened? Well, <laughs> I saw this article that said something about um, the new Top Gun movie that's coming out. That was supposed to come out like. <laughs> In the summer? Oh, in the fuck? It was supposed to come out a while ago. We got lying over here? <laughs> Are you lined out right now? Yep. That's a fact. <laughs> you got snooze? Oh, there we go. There you go. That was, you were waiting to get that one out. They're holding that one in. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm lightheaded. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to try to get lightheaded. Hold on. You're done. Oh yeah, we're done. I'm gonna get light edited out. So I got got on the internet. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're not kidding. Holy shit! Oh, yeah. Whoa! We actually uh, deemed it this morning beyond lying. This is Jura- <laughs> this is Jurassic oil. Yo, this is insane. Jurassic oil. Dude. This is insane. (laughs) (laughs) Bro. Bro. No. You weren't kidding. I was not expecting to get actually lightheaded. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I was like, there's no way. Holy shit. I feel like they don't fucking whip it. (laughs) Jurassic oil. Holy shit. Because, yeah. All right. Well. Take it up a notch. Well. Well, then. Mm -hmm. Back to business. Yeah. I got got on the internet. You, um... Fucking, I'm st- I'm out of my mind right now. <laughs> like my brain is mashed potatoes currently. This is your brain on drugs. A hundred percent. This is your brain on drugs. Yep. But um, I got uh, yeah. So the the article was for the new Top Gun movie, and I realized, I'm like, damn, that shit has. They're not making another. That was one. supposed to come out mad long ago, and the article was actually about how the producers of the movie lost the movie, and that's why it's not out. And I'm like, no way. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, yo, they really lost this fucking movie. Like the producer, like had the only copy, and they can't find the right thumb drive. I'm like, this is like, yo. I thought it was legit, but at the very end of the article, I realized very. I'm like, okay, this is. Joke. Can you imagine though being that guy? Oh my god! And that got me thinking. I'm like, yo, can you fucking imagine being like, okay, I have this multi million dollar movie to go, and I just I lost it. Dude, <laughs> no idea where. If it I was that guy, I'd pack up my shit and I'd never be heard from again. No. I promise you, I'd be gone. Yeah, god. Yeah. Oh my god, what a disaster that would be. Fuck. But you got got, huh? I got got. Because I'm like, yo. I, for a minute, I thought that was real. I'm like, this is this is crazy. You want to hear a funny fact? Huh. Or a fun fact, rather? Huh. i never seen Top Gun. The first one? Uh, any, any of them. I'll tell you something. I'm a big 80s movie guy. I love that. You're not really missing much. With no? Gun. No. There's like some iconic scenes that they're used in other things. It's like a parody, obviously. You know, some of the songs. You're not like, a big Top Gun guy? I get it. But like, nah. Like, it doesn't move it for me. The needle's not fucking going crazy over here for Top Gun. And, like, there's new remake, this new, like, I'm not really, I'm not going to go see Brooke, it. Brooke um, is trying to get me to watch more 80s movies. I agree, general. you should. Yeah, yeah. She's there really pushing lot. that. She's there are a really lot of good that. ones. There's a lot of good ones. Um, dude, I don't know what it is. I just don't love 80s. I don't yeah. like 80s music. I don't know. The majority of it. Mm. 80s movies outside of horror. Um, mm. I don't know. Fashion, yeah, don't like 80s fashion at all. Yeah, the bro. The 80s is the shit for me. I love the 90s, man. The 90s are the 90s is my jam. The 90s, are, I love them both. The 80s have some good shit that the 90s don't, and the 90s has a lot of shit to get the 80s don't. Dude. So, simple as that. Um, are we going to go back to the NFL or football at all? Yes. Because I just saw something Let's really. Let's go back to football now. <laughs> um I just saw someone tweeted this out, and I have to share. It's Jets-related. Uh, oh, it's Connor not, Hughes out oh, of The Athletic. I'm about to say it's not uh, fucking McVay laughing at the Patriots, because that was hilarious. No, what was that about? Um, what was that about? Because I, I, I saw that come up on Twitter, but I, didn't, I don't McVay think I actually McVay and Les Snead were, like, chilling after, the, like, in the draft this, and, like, the, the Patriots pick of, like, that sh- that kid, something strange comes up. And yeah. And McVay like, McVay just starts laughing at him. Like, ah, <laughs> like it's all the next Hall of Famer or something, right? <laughs> like, like, like mocking him. It was hilarious. Balls. Yeah, I'm like, look at this guy. You don't care. Oh yeah, 
I, I respect that. Big dick. Oh, yeah. I like that energy. Big dick. BDE. Uh-huh. Respect B- respect him. BDE, baby. Hey, it's won the Super Bowl. Walk around with all the fucking balls he wants. Yeah. So Connor Hughes just uh, tweeted this out. Mm. It says, the Jets named Joe Douglas their general manager after the 2019 draft. Here's a comparison <clears throat> as to the starters then versus mm-hmm. now. So uh-huh. just think about the turnover from just 2019. Yeah. So th- look at it. Quarterback, 2019, Darnold. Now, mm-hmm. Wilson. Running back, Bell. Now, Brees Hall. Running back two, Powell. Now, Carter. <sighs> Wide receiver, Robbie Anderson. Now, Corey Davis. Wide receiver, Quincy Nunua. Now, Garrett Wilson. Wide receiver, Jameson Crowder. Now, Elijah Moore. Tight end, Chris Herndon. Now, Uzuma. Tight end, Ryan Griffin. Now, Conklin. Left tackle, Beecham. Now, Fant. Left guard, Osemele. Now, Tomlinson. Center, Khalil. Remember that disaster. Now, McGovern. Uh, Right guard, Brian Winters. Now, Elijah Vera Tucker. Right tackle, Brandon Shell. Think about that. Yeah. (sighs) Total overhaul. Brandon Shell, now Makai Becton. Outside linebacker, Brandon Copeland, now Carl Lawson. Oh, yeah. Defensive end. Hopefully, Lawson has a big year. I'd like to see him. Defensive end, Leonard Williams, now Quinnen Williams. Mm -hmm. Defensive tackle, Steve McClendon, now Sheldon Rankins. Defensive end, Henry Anderson, now John Franklin Myers. Outside linebacker, Jordan Jenkins, now Nasrul Dean. Middle linebacker, Mosley. Mosley, he's the only one. Yeah. Mid, uh, middle linebacker two, Avery Williamson, now mm-hmm. Quincy Williams. Cornerback, uh, Avery fucking Williamson Jermaine Johnson. Fell, Avery Williamson fell off big time, yeah, too. Yeah, he got injured and, yeah, just kind of leveled out. Uh, cornerback, Tremaine Johnson, disaster. Mm-hmm. Now DJ Reed. Other corner, nickel, uh, Brian Poole. Now Michael Carter. Strong safety, Jamal Adams. Now Jordan Whitehead. Full mm-hmm. safety, Marcus May. Now LaMarcus Joyner. Cornerback, I like LaMarcus Joyner, Darryl too. Roberts. Now Sauce Gardner. Sauce, my guy. Uh, it's too much yeah. sauce. I mean, think about all that. Respect. Except Mosley. Yeah. He's the only guy full from 2019. Full rehaul. Which is good. Yeah. You know? Give it to him. Full overhaul. I think we drastically improved in probably 90% of those areas. Insane. So It's insane. Uh, yeah. In just a few short years, man. Joe when you Douglas. do it right. Joey D. And he's doing it right. My Let's say, You know, his first draft, whatever. My guy, Joey D. But hell yeah, man. Um, good shit. Good shit. We were talking about just football. We were talking about the USFL there, Dax. There was USFL games this weekend. Again, you know, not really paying attention, most people, you know? <laughs> the first week, they had like a couple million viewers. And, you know, just like any other f- spring football league, they're just like not taking advantage. Did of- you watch? I watched a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't much, you know, because I was actually watching more of the draft. And, like, I wasn't even watching the draft. It was just on, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, same thing with that. It was just on. I wasn't really watching it. I wonder, like, you know. That's the thing, too. You got games going on during the draft. I oh, mean, yeah. you're setting yourself up for fucking disaster. Even if it's day three of the draft, you know, the games are being played same time as draft. So, got that problem, too. What were we, saying? What were we talking about the USFL? We were yeah. talking about no, different I, ways to market it. Yeah, so because like, this it's is not the like So, it, it generates the initial buzz, right? It's new. It's exciting. Yeah. You know, let's see what it's about. And then, like any other fucking spring league, you know, after week one, no one gives a shit anymore. And, like, why? Like, what? where are they missing the boat? Like, why can't they bring the initial excitement over week to week and uh, generate and build an audience uh, yeah. for the long term? So, you know, it, it had me thinking about the original XFL. And, and one thing I think they did did right and really a couple things, I mean, is that, A, they didn't want to be the NFL at at all. They mm-hmm. wanted to provide an alternative. Yeah. You know, so they had funky rules. It wasn't very gimmicky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly, man. Oh, yeah. And d- does it work out long term? No way. No way. He hate me. He, Characters. Here's the thing. Yeah. And, and you said you said it. They they took a little bit of the uh, WWE pro pro wrestling approach and uh, built characters like you just said. That he hate me mm-hmm. has it on the back of jer- the jersey. Now that's marketable, right? Yeah. Now, now you can sell jerseys. Now you're starting to you know uh, fans can invest in certain people. And you think about wrestling, you could build storylines over time. I mean, you've got all these people on these mm-hmm. rosters that I'm sure you could 
link together to build stories, right? Yeah, oh, this sure. guy feuded with this guy in college. Yeah. Let's build a story mm-hmm. of, uh, around it. And uh, again, with the social media era, TikTok, things like that, you have the banter going back and forth. Yeah, you could f- build it up on Twitter or whatever. So yeah, man, like where's the PR agency? Where's the, the marketing I, agency I behind, like behind they, this to do that? Because I think it's that's different, right? Like, yeah, that, yeah. you know, build up the guys that way. Make them characters. You know, have rooting interests. And, and that's what they're lacking right now. Yeah, you just that's all you really want is you want people to care about the team. So any way you can get them to care about what's going on on the field is better. So like uh, that one dude from the Houston team, like him practicing with a cigarette, you know what I'm saying? Like that builds a character, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then they followed that. It was actually smart. They followed him a lot during the game. Like if they're smarter, they mic him up. You know what I'm saying? You put him on the field with a mic and you just let him go. And he was cracking fucking people. You know what I'm saying? Those are the kind of characters you need to build up. And there should be a guy like literally on the field, just a social media person that's just filming for social. Yeah. And, and, and putting shit out there on like TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. And I think that's really where they're missing the boat, man. You mm-hmm. know? Because a lot of other these leagues that are like these independent leagues in different sports and all that, they're coming up all this wacky shit. But, you know, they're putting in the right places. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, like that Savannah baseball team, that Savannah Bananas mm-hmm. team, that independently. That's like, they do the wackiest shit. They had a fucking Jake Peavy came in through two innings. Some dude from the crowd came in through an inning. <laughs> somebody on stilts through an inning. They're just like, it's like the Washington Generals and the fucking, fucking Globe Trotters. Every fucking night, you yeah, know? yeah, and it's but it's fun. Yeah. People fucking going there, loving it, and that's it, man. Make it entertaining. And Why I've not? Seen, um, like this independent wrestling league doing shit online too, kind of like that. Oh, it's really? Like, oh, yeah. They're doing like their own like thing where they just start their. They have like their own little buzz. Like they just have their own little community online. Really, it's weird, but it's it's, it's interesting. It's, it started with like, and they're all like, it's only a couple guys, and they started with like they were all wearing lucha masks, but they're different styles. You know? Did they start that like during the pandemic? Is it? Something I have new? no idea. Yeah, oh. but like it's got a couple, you know, a couple, you know, thousand people following in. They do wrestling yeah. shows, so good for them. I'll figure. Out. I'll have to look into that more. But I mean, it's interesting. Oh, like the internet. Obviously, that's the way you're gonna have to fucking go about marketing anything nowadays. Mm-hmm. Is it's, it's pretty much all internet. Yeah. You know, so I mean, when it comes to USFL, it's just and next year there's going to be XFL, so there's more competition, yeah, dude. <laughs> and then, like I said, the thing I noticed about the USFL too is it was all the same guys that were in the old XFL that was in the old AFL or whatever. It's A-A-F. all the same yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're taking these same guys and just throwing different fucking Recycle uniforms them. on yeah. them. You know, like they're like all that second tier of player that's just not good enough to play in the nfl on a full-time basis and that's why i say make them more interesting yeah like yeah like you you, you should be able to like think about it. like if, if these guys rivaled in college or something mm-hmm. like that or they got in a fight or you know this guy tried to make onto the nfl roster and now this coach that cut him is on you know there's storylines mm-hmm. come on you can make storylines like wwe oh, yeah. does that shit you know, do that and highlight that and put that shit out there, man. And like I said, it, it, it'll, it'll provide a rooting interest, you know, for a team, for some of the players. It'll help with the marketing, the overall development of the league itself. I mean, like like we said, it's just a it's a missed opportunity, man. Make this shit interesting. You, have, you know, you have the ability to do so here, man. Just use the resources and, uh, you know, you never know yeah. what could happen. That's what I'm saying. It's very possible that you... You know, it's not going to be the biggest thing in the world, but you could sustain it. Yeah, yeah, You know, it could be very sustainable as a product, especially like with, like I said, the XFL coming back, it's going to be tough because they're thinking to have more of a link to the NFL than anybody. Yeah, which is smart. Obviously. absolutely. Yeah, you want to get cozy with the NFL. Yeah, there's no fucking, there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. I'd bet it's funny if it's like the NXT of the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, why not? You know? Yeah. That's what the, that's what the USFL wishes they would be. Yeah. You know? But it's one of those just... It's sustainable, but it's not. I I, I already see. It. I already see the writing on the wall yeah. for the USFL. Oh yeah, they're looking at. I like, know. You know, whatever their contracts are in for now, maybe it's a two years, and that's going to be about it. Yeah. You know, the writing art, it's already there. They came out like, eh, but he didn't come out on fire. Fire wasn't and, enough. No, and like it's just the audience now. It's different. You know, everybody's just you know it's 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 NFL only when it comes to football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they don't give nothing else a try. No doubt, no doubt. And I get it. You know, it's the top of the dog, the top dog, <laughs> top doggy dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. It's top doggy dog. 
Well, you ready to wrap this thing up? Yep, yep. Cool, yes, man. I am. Um, I go see my mom, my uncle, and see what's going good. Good shit, man. It's a good day. We're going to take advantage. So, everybody, yep. uh, hey, listen, if you like what you hear, you want to support the show, as always, right. visit us at allstarvintage.shop um, for all the coolest uh, vintage gear, man. Check That's it out. Right. Check it out. We got to get some new stuff for the spring and summer yeah. collection as well, man. So yeah, that gonna, stuff will be coming. Yeah, we're going to have to hit the road soon. Yeah. I love thrifting this time of year, yeah. too, man. This hell is the yeah. best. Windows open. Oh, hell yeah, yeah dude. It's yeah. good shit. Yeah, so but, uh, we're there, man. Uh-huh. It's um, about that time. Yeah. Everybody out there, y'all take it fucking sleazy. Yeah. yeah this has been the all-star vintage podcast with your hosts mark jameson and dom morrow we'll be back with another episode whenever we feel like it i was boxing with evander i was going in my own pace looking like a bulldog with my squunched up face Things got kind of rough, he butted me in my eye. Suddenly I got hungry, and his head looked like a pie. So I bit his ear. Yeah, I bit his ear. I bit his ear. Oh, why you got to bite me on my ear? I thought my ear had fell off. So everyone starts yelling, but I was having fun. And just like Lay's potato chips, I can never eat just one. We got a little closer, and then I was going to punch. But the ear was near, and it was clear that it was time for lunch. So I bit his ear. Yeah, I bit his ear. I bit his ear. Oh, Evander! Your ears are making me hungry. They're so yummy and so round. I like to munch.